This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iliqcom Now, let's get started. everyone. Welcome to Hugh at Home. I'm Tracy Koga. We've done it. We are now officially the hotspot for COVID-19. We've broken records for active cases and people in ICU. No, that is definitely nothing to be proud of. But once again, we are in a third lockdown. We faced more restrictions over the May long weekend. Gee, what else can we look forward to? Well, here on Hugh at Home, we do have some great conversations. I'll sit down later on with recording artist Therese. She has a new single out, This City. But right now, we're going to start off with a little Verde at Home with Colleen Lamarand. Well, some say your hairstylist is your best friend. And it has been forever, it feels like, Colleen, since we've been able to be together in a hair salon. <laughs> I know, I know. So, um, you know, Verde, though, has pivoted so well. And you're going to show us, I guess, a new line of products, Verde at Home. But I want to say to all of our viewers and people listening, this doesn't mean that you should not go back to your salon, correct? <laughs> the stylists want to see yeah, you. want to see you after. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it is all about hair color. So Colleen, what has Verde done to make it a little bit easier for us? Well, you know, it's been a few shutdowns now, and we've had quite a few of our guests reaching out and letting us know, like, you know what, I'm still on Zoom calls, and I'm still seeing you know, my family, and what can I do about my hair? And um, we really wanted to make sure that we could provide them with something, um, you know, that makes them feel good, that covers their grays, or gives them a little bit of tone or shine. Um, and so we came up with Verde at Home. Okay, so it sounds so simple. But it probably, okay, I believe you. I believe you. Okay, so what does it look like? I know because we're on the Zoom call. I can't see it in person. Absolutely. So um, we wanted to make it look beautiful. So one of the biggest things with Verde is we want our guests to have an amazing experience when they come here. And so we wanted to make sure we could kind of transfer that amazing experience um, for them when they take their color home. Because to us, maybe it seems like a simple thing putting a color on, mm -hmm. but it can be really stressful for people. Um, so we came up with... Um, a great system. Um, we have three different options. So we have a new growth option, which is like covering your grays in between and express new growth. Um, we have a toner option for blondes or people that just want to add a little bit of tone to their hair. Or we have a shine treatment option, which is just to give it a lot of shine. Okay. So this is what it looks like. Very nice. Very pretty. So Verde at home. Um, when you open it up, it's very simple. 
you have a base, a developer, and a finish. Mm -hmm. um, your base is your color. Your developer um, is what you mix with the color as the catalyst. Um, and then your finish, we included a really nice botanical treatment in um, our kits, just so our guest hair feels unbelievable after. Okay, so now let's break it down. The color, though, the stylist has already put that together, correct? That's what you guys do? That's correct. So we customize every single color for every single one of our, our guests. Um, we've actually now we've had a few other people reach out as well saying, you know, my salon isn't offering this. Is this something that I can I can get from you? Um, and so we decided that we would set up some virtual consultations um, and make it an option for people that maybe don't have it as an option right now with their current salon. Perfect. Um, so how do you apply this on your hair, Colleen? Like, do I need you know, specific tools to do this? You know what? Absolutely. But we also um, su supply that as well. So a lot of take-home color kits have um, disposable, you know, gloves and brushes and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, it was really important to us because we are um, all about the environment and we want to make sure um, we're not putting a whole bunch of waste out there. So we created something called a starter kit. I'm just going to grab this here. So this is our starter kit. Um, so in it, we have gloves that are reusable. We have a comb, a cape, a whisk, a towel, your very own Verde branded clips, um, and also a color brush in it. So that's something that can be reused when needed. Um, and right now it's actually complimentary with any color kit. Okay. Uh, this sounds fabulous. I just now need someone to actually apply it for me, but you know what? <laughs> yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, moving on, is this going to be the new norm, Colleen? You know, I think it's going to be a combination of things. There is never going to be anything that replaces the experience that people have when they go into their hairstylist, or at least there shouldn't be. If there is, there's something wrong. Um, but I think it's something that can work really well in tandem. You know, like a, a touch up in between. I have guests that are coming in, you know, every four weeks and they want to be coming in every two weeks, but they just don't have the time. So this is an option for them. They can take it home um, in between. And the nice thing is we use, I'm going to bring this microwave looking contraption out here. <laughs> so we use this. Wow. It's from Vivo. It's called the Omni One. And it looks like a microwave, but what it does is it actually re um, removes all the um, air from the jars. So that way they can be stored. So if, if I give you, if you're taking home a color, you can store it um, as, as long as two to three months before you even have to open it. Wow. And how long does the color last? So depending on what color you're doing. So the New Growth Touch-Up Kit it is a permanent color, so it's going to last until it grows out, which is great. Um, the shine treatment and the toners, um, they usually last around four to six weeks, depending on how many washes you're doing. Oh, well, it sounds fabulous. And I know this, is, this business has had to pivot so many times. And uh, let's talk about you, you know, your career, as starting as a stylist, and now you're director of education and business development for the Verde Salon Group. Um, you know, is hairstyling still as po popular as it used to be? Absolutely. It, it's amazing how much it's changed. Um, I find now with social media, um, especially like Instagram, there are so many talented stylists in the industry. It's unbelievable. Um, so you really have to be on top of your game with your guests because they can, you know, look on Instagram and find 20 hairstylists in their area. They're also amazing stylists. So that's a big change. We used to find, you know, even when I first got out of school, that mm -hmm. people were really sticking with their stylists and they were, um, I'm going to say loyal. And it's not that people aren't loyal now, but, you know, when you have other options, you really want to make sure 
you're getting the value that you're looking for. So it's definitely changed. Yes. And let's talk now too. It's not just about cutting hair, right? I mean, you have to be creative, but you also have to have a business sense now, right? Absolutely. Um, So one of the great things when I started with Aveda, they have something called POD, which we know it as the points of difference. And Aveda has 10 points of difference. Um, This is something that I am so passionate about. Um, The points of difference are pretty much how do you ensure that your guest is getting the most unbelievable experience from the second they call to make their appointment or go online to make their appointment till they leave your salon. Um, To me, it's really about about giving this unbelievable experience. And it's not just about the cut and it's not just about the color, which is why people are coming back, even though they're doing a, you know, a, a color at home in between. Oh, I know. Um, so I guess we could then potentially move on to hair accessories. So we might as well just do this all together. All together. I know, because I love the conversation. It's just like, oh, okay, I want to see the hair accessories because I noticed the barrettes in your hair. <laughs> I am wearing. So these are from, um, so one of the other stylists and I, we started a company called Birch Accessories. Um, especially for weddings, we were finding that they were so expensive for what people were getting. And it was really hard to find accessories for people, um, you know, that weren't crazy expensive, but that were still beautiful and high quality. So we started Birch Accessories and we actually just came out with our spring line. So um, these ones that I'm wearing in my hair right now, they're called No Catch. And they were so popular in yellow gold that we brought them in silver as well. Oh, they're so pretty. Yes. Thank you. And they're great. I have really thick hair, but Mm -hmm. for guests that have fine hair, they're perfect as well, which is really great. Cool. Can I show you some other pieces? Yes, I know. Okay. <laughs> Throw back to the 90s, some scrunchies, I, I believe. <laughs> oh, yes. I always think of the Sex and the City episode where Carrie's looking at that scrunchie and, and she's like, oh, that would, never, that would never fly right now. And now they're so popular. They're so popular. <laughs> so we brought back chiffon. Oh, beautiful. Gorgeous. So weddings are happening. Um, different events are happening, obviously in smaller scales, but people still want to look absolutely beautiful. Um, so we have chiffon scrunchies in three different colors. Oh, so then it's like you can be dressed up and have a scrunchie in your hair. What's better than that? It's super, super easy to use. You can throw your hair up in like a loose bun with one of these scrunchies and it still looks like you, you took some time on your hair, which is really nice. Um, and they have, I don't know if you can see them, but little details in them as well, little threaded details. Which... Oh, yes. Oh, they're beautiful. Thank you. Um, and then a few other ones that have been really popular. So this looks kind of interesting. Yeah. Leo. And this was our number one selling product in um, yellow gold when we purchase it and it's actually a hair tie but it sits as a cuff on your ponytail so if you go on to birchaccessories.ca you'll see some pictures of it um, but it actually sits so if you can imagine having like a ponytail and it cuffs like around your ponytail so it just looks oh. like you have this beautiful flowy ponytail um, but again really easy to use I love that and these are all available at birchaccessories.ca birchaccessories.ca and we also have them available at verdesalon.ca as well and in our salons um, when they do open. Oh yeah, when you do open, that is a big question. Yes, but online right now they're still available. Perfect. Is there anything else to show? Just a couple more. So um, these are a few new as well. They're beautiful. They're called Peony and they're in pink and they come as a set. Mm -hmm. And then right now with like just loving the wood feature. And so we have our little oh, wooden yes. here. And these ones are olive. And then we have our saffron as well. And these all come in um, a set of two. 
Oh, they're so pretty. Getting yeah. back to barrettes, yes, who would have ever thought that they would come back? But they have come back and they look gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what, Colleen, it's been so great to see you. And we can hardly wait to get back into the salon. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for your time. And I just want to say, too, that your whole staff that you've got there are wonderful. And you really, like you said, you really can't, uh, you can't replicate the service. And do you know what? It's just the nice conversation that you can have, too, right, with your stylist? Absolutely. It's the relationships. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Colleen. Thank you for having me. Looking to highlight your hairstyle with some glitz and glamour? Well, you'll love Birch Accessories. They are unique in design and quality without the high-end price. Express your personal style to the world with these beautiful and affordable pieces. Order online at verdesalon.ca or birchaccessories.ca and use NEW10 for 10% off your first order. Well, it was so nice to see you for the very first time, Therese, and welcome back for a second time. You know, I love it. It's kind of cool. We can now start to build relationships <laughs> in this virtual kind of setting. And uh, you've got a new song, another single, This City, and uh, it is, uh, I think, a summer anthem, pop song. Wow, thank you so much. That means the world. And yes, thank you for having me back. It is awesome to be able to continue the connection and the communication. I love it. Oh, yeah. So I know that, uh, you know, we've been through this whole thing with lockdowns, with writing. Uh, I wanted to talk to you more a little personally, uh, Therese, as you as an artist, you know, and as a woman and, you know, an identity too, um, you know, who you identify with and I mean, and your music is, is so wonderful and happy and, and everything like that. But I think also, too, it's been um, a conduit for you, right, to show uh, off who you are. Yeah, especially during this time. I mean, music has really helped so many artists get through. And I think so many people who just enjoy music, just listening to your favorite song can really get you out of kind of that negative headspace, which I think a lot of us are unfortunately just just feeling during this time. Mm -hmm. So this city, what is the story behind the song? Yeah, so the story is I moved to Toronto at the start of 2020. It's a little short-lived due to the pandemic, but um, it was quite lonely moving across the country and not knowing a lot of people in this massive city. And so the first month there, I mean, I was really hustling, but it was, it was quite lonely, to be honest. Like, I was writing... Um, I was doing two to three writing sessions per day. Um, so really hustling at night. I was um, I was running people's social media accounts for money so I could afford to live there. And I, I just didn't have much of a social life. And so I came up with this idea that the city makes me think of you. Because I think a lot of times when we're lonely, we grab at the last place where we felt really loved. And, and typically for a lot of people, that can be a, a romantic relationship. So I was thinking a lot about this this past flame um, and how I was starting to imprint um, their memory on this new city. And so I wrote this idea, this city makes me think of you. And I was finally, after hustling in Toronto, I was invited to write at um, what's called a song camp. So it is like the most literal version of musical chairs. 
where a studio will invite a whole bunch of creatives, so producers, artists, songwriters, and you all break off into rooms, you write a song, and then you all switch up rooms and write another song and just keep doing it until you run out of time. And at that uh, songwriting camp, that's where I wrote This City, and it was the most fun writing session I've ever done. I still have videos from that day where we're like jumping on the couches and the producer was spinning in his swivel chair, like standing on top of it. Um, Cause we were just having so much fun and just so uh, resonated with what we were creating. And I realized that I was not the only lonely person in the room. And that was such a, a shifting point for not only my music, but my time in Toronto, because I was able to meet so many people through this opportunity. Um, and had it not been for that loneliness, then I might not have come up with this idea. Wow. Well, you spoke of romance. So what is, you know, I, well, I guess, yeah, what is romance right now during a pandemic and, and not in isolation? But for you, what, what, does, what is romantic for you? Romantic? Um, I mean, right now, my romance life is at a standstill. Um, <laughs> but I'm getting to do a lot of, like, personal growth, and I have a little dog, so... We've been bonding. I got her partway through uh, COVID, so we've gotten quite close during that. But um, I think romance, I think it's always like a shifting definition. When I was younger, when I was around 16, kind of that age where people or where women can be considered boy crazy, um, I would joke that I was just doing research for writing, but I'm just doing field research. Um, but I think romance, especially like when we're all stuck at home, it's just going that extra mile, making someone know that they're loved and that you care for them, um, and in a way that they'll understand. So it's kind of exciting. You are working on your EP, the full-length mm -hmm. project, and uh, it, how do you, I guess right now, because you can't tour, um, there's no live shows. So what are, what are sort of the pivoting business things that you're looking at to still have the same kind of energy and excitement for something that you have worked so hard for? Yeah, I mean, I feel very motivated working on this EP because there's, I mean, there's always a lot that goes on behind the scenes as an artist, like the whole recording process um, and creating the content that can take months and that's almost always behind the scenes. So I'm a little bit used to that side. Um, it, it definitely is starting to get a little frustrating having not played live shows in a long time because that is like, I just love playing live. Um, so I've been doing a lot of live streams lately mostly on um, platforms like TikTok, where um, artists can somewhat monetize what they're doing. So people can tip them essentially um, for their performances, which is not available on every platform. Um, so that's been a really great way to connect with people. Um, and it's really cool when you're on a live stream, because you can be like, where are you guys from? What time is it where you are? Yeah. There's yeah. people from all around the world. Uh, which is really fun and there's always interesting conversations and I think that is a really excellent way too for people who love to go to concerts to get a little bit of that social interaction in. Um, but social media is really, I mean anything digital right now is really, really kind of what artists are 
are having to resort to and there's not a lot of options for what we can do to promote mm -hmm. music in a, in a safe way where everyone's safe and healthy um but also in a way where we can really truly showcase our talents because a, a live stream doesn't always capture all of that <laughs> <laughs> well and plus it's hard to get your band and everything behind you too as well um but I guess moving on into the future and, you know, the future of music. I think the music industry is going to go or is going through a change, right? Correct? And how important, you know, is it, Therese, to really have that social media presence? And you know how hard it is to keep that up. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's quite important. I've actually through this time I've done a lot of educational programs uh, mostly in partnership with RBC and and SOCAN and Launchpad in Toronto um, and it's always interesting because there's a lot of different perspectives on this mm -hmm. um, and so some people will, will say that it's not as important and I think you have to find like your own definition of it and your own approach with it because the way that I approach it is not the same way that might work for every other artists, but I think it is really important because it's, especially right now, it's very hard to really grow your audience without live shows. And as I mentioned with the live streaming, I mean, I'm, I'm able to live stream and perform for people all around the world all at one time. So that's a really excellent way to grow your audience. Um, I think too, what's happening with the music industry is with social media, it's so saturated because everyone has access if they love to sing, they can start posting singing videos, maybe one takes off and, and they're kind of off to the races. And so it is quite saturated. And so to not partake in social media, you're kind of um, missing a big piece of some people, that's their whole approach to music. It's just social media um, and it seems to work for them. But I, again, I think you need to find something that's authentic to you. I don't think that forcing it is the way to go at all. Um, but maybe documenting what it's like in the studio, what it's like to do um, an interview or whatever it might be, um, might be a more authentic approach for people. But I, I think with so much saturation on social media, people are really yearning for authenticity mm -hmm. and you can get sniffed out really quick if, uh, <laughs> if you're playing a facade. Oh, well, and I love that you use that word authenticity because I, I was going to ask you how much of yourself do you put out there on social media, right? You got to yeah. leave a little bit of personal yeah. stuff. Well, again, it's, it's partly um, having privacy, but also partly a safety issue. It's like, mm -hmm. I, I think when you are out on social media, you need to be very mindful of what information you are putting out that could indicate your location, your address, your phone number. Uh, I'm always mindful when I, because I'll show my dog on live stream and I'm always mindful of her dog tag because I'm so scared it's going to flip over and show my phone number. Um, <laughs> but I also don't want to put someone else's phone number on, on her no, dog tag for the bits. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's finding a balance and, and being cautious. Like it is still marketing. It's still a branding move. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, with any business, you don't put everything out on the forefront. It's not marketing, but it is, I would say, just like taking the bits and, and highlights of yourself and what you're willing to share and kind of putting it in, in, in a little bow. <laughs> <laughs> and a little pink bow. <laughs> yeah, a little pink one. Um, 
But yeah, I would I would definitely just say just to be very mindful of mm-hmm. um, of what information you do put out there, such as say your school, um, because that might come back to um, haunt you in a way that I I would just hate to see anyone feeling uh, unsafe or mm-hmm. like they don't have a lot of privacy. Well, words of wisdom from such a young person, but you I know that you know social media. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so it's so great to see you, and uh, I know that you're going to play an acoustic of this yep. city for us. So, I would love to hear it. Thank you so much, Therese. Congratulations! This city is out, and uh, your new EP will be coming out this fall. Can't wait for it. Yes, I'm so excited. Uh, this is this city. Um, I don't think I've played an acu- acoustic before, so you guys are going to get a, a cool little sneak peek. Okay. <laughs> Never run into you, but I guess that I don't try to. No, no, been a month or two, but I don't wanna remind you. I figured that you see me online. I figured that you give me a sign. If I was in the back of your mind, you just might. Love, I need some love. Street lights, midnight. Now call you up, I call you up. Cause this city makes me think of you. And I'm on my own. It's so new, except for you. And you feel like I. I 
Welcome back to Hugh at Home. Coming up next, we'll have a clip from our Hugh virtual chat this week. We had special guest Claire Therese on, and she gives us the hard realities faced by our most vulnerable during the pandemic. Um, yeah, so I, I work in, in community. I work in the Point Douglas neighborhood, and I live in the central neighborhood. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, I actually work at a community health clinic and prior to this, I never worked in healthcare. So this was pretty huge. I started working in healthcare and a pandemic hit. So it's been a pretty extraordinary thing to experience. Um, I had to learn what things like PPE stood for and how to take it on and off. And um, so yeah, my, my role has largely been around, um, I'm, I'm the community engagement coordinator at my workplace. Uh, and my role is largely around volunteer services and really supporting programs within the clinic um, in engaging with community and being able to connect with community. So obviously my role drastically <laughs> changed when the pandemic hit. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's obviously been a, a really uh, hard, hard time for everybody, but we know that there are those that are experiencing this pandemic um, in a completely different way. So uh, even as far as things like being told to stay at home, and we know that that is, uh, is not actually um, possible for those that are unhoused or have precarious housing mm -hmm. or um, have situations where their housing is not safe. So we know that even that, uh, that thing that we're all told uh, is not possible for everyone. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, uh, sorry, I feel like I, I, I might rant here a little bit. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to start with anything specific? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess maybe like, you know, I, the, thing, the things that are very critical to uh, these communities right now, what would they be? And what have you sort of seen like throughout these past almost year and a half now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think like overwhelmingly we are, we, we have been focused on a very, um, on physical safety, right? Mm -hmm. So how do, we, how do we keep each other safe um, from COVID-19? 
Um, and that means, um, you know, m making sure that we're not uh, close together, that we're not gathering, that we're wearing face masks, that we're practicing good hand sanitation, all of those things. Um, and uh, of course, um, those things as well are not possible for everyone. So I think what we're witnessing is that there are so many community organizations that are doing extraordinarily innovative work right now. Um, having to keep all of those guidelines and restrictions in mind. Um, and so what we're seeing is that people, um, on one hand, we're trying to keep people physically safe, but um, what so many people have lost are access to resources and services that they rely on. Um, th that those might be services that are there for their, their mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, for their emotional well-being, for their spiritual well-being, and also all those things um, that also go along with physical health, like access to food. So, uh, you know, a lot of community organizations for people, that's where they access their food for, for the day, for the week. Um, so we're seeing a lot of like closures or um, kind of restricted access to services for people um, you know, the, there were people who were already vulnerable um, uh, prior to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so uh, these people who were vulnerable prior to the pandemic continue to be vulnerable during the pandemic, even, even more so. And what I'm not seeing is any sort of plan for what, what's going to happen once the pandemic does, once we have control kind of over this pandemic. So what's going to happen um, once we're kind of uh, able to start gathering again? I think that we're going to find that um, this a light has been shone on on these inequities um, in our city, in our province, globally. Uh, there's been a huge light that's been shone on these inequities, and they're continuing. That gap is continuing to grow. And I'm so worried that the right things, the right supports, the right resources are not going to be available to people post-pandemic. Yeah. So we're not really hearing a plan for how are we going to grieve communally? I think all of us, I, I mean, like, there's just been global grief. <laughs> people have lost loved ones. People have not been able to gather. People are not able to access things like ceremony. Um, so what happens post-pandemic? And um, I, I feel very worried about this, especially kind of under our current government, that there hasn't been a plan. There hasn't been a plan <laughs> at all, but um, definitely we're not seeing any sort of plan for what happens after. How are we going to take care of each other um, once we are able to gather together and to be together? Because we know that's that's so good for us, right? That's so good for our for all aspects of our well-being. We want to give a big thank you to all of our special guests on today's show and leave you with this question. What will be the first indoor event you'll feel safe in? We want to know, so send us an email to hello at ilikehugh.com or you can message us on Facebook and Instagram at ilikehugh. But for now, stay safe and stay healthy. And we'll see you next time on Hugh at Home.
listening. This has been a production of ILikeQ.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.